HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by El Cortez. Stop in for tacos and tiki drinks at 17 Ingraham Street in Bushwick, or visit them online at elcortezbushwick.com. Hi, and welcome to Opening Soon on Heritage Radio Network. We are your hosts, Jenny Goodman and Alex McCreary. Opening Soon is a weekly show that will walk you through the steps of opening a restaurant through conversations with some of the world's greatest chefs, restaurateurs, and the vendors that help take their business from just an idea to opening soon. Jenny and I have been in the hospitality business for over 25 years. I've been fortunate enough to be part of opening one restaurant that still stands today and humbled enough to have owned one restaurant named Goods that lasted less than six months. When launching Goods, we failed to create a business plan before jumping in. We didn't bother with a partnership agreement, and we missed some major components of our income statement. Our experience with goods is a big reason we feel we're the ones that can ask the questions. Basically, we need answers. Aside from our own firsthand experience inside restaurants, including one pretty epic fail, we are currently the founders of Tillit NYC, a hospitality workwear brand that has proudly outfitted over 4,000 restaurants and counting since launching our business in 2012. We are so fortunate to witness many restaurants come to life, Being part of that journey is one of the best parts of our job, and we want to share that feeling and all those lessons that can be learned with all of you. Our goal is that this podcast will help bridge the gap between the teacher and the student, help alleviate some of the risk when you're opening your restaurant, and offer you some lessons that you might have been looking for when building your business plan. So the first 12-episode season will sequentially take you through the steps of your business plan, from choosing your partners to nailing design and to getting those doors actually open. We will be picking the brains of industry leaders, including Chef Missy Robbins, Camilla Marcus, and Steven Satterfield, just to name a few. So if you're in the process of building a business plan, just starting culinary school, improving or expanding in your current business, or just fascinated by what it takes to get the restaurant open, we hope this podcast will entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey from idea to opening soon. Follow the journey on Heritage Radio and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at WeAreOpeningSoon and at TillItNYC. All right, everybody, welcome to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brett and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. 
a show about chocolate and wine and bread, champagne and scandal and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet. One another. Consider it done. Oh my god, hello. Uh, hello, radio, radio silence. It was a rainy day here in New York City. The last 30 days has been 25 days of blustering wind. Seattle-like weather has come across us, and yet we are still here. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Brenton Scott, and this is... Life's a Banquet, the podcast. The podcast. If you're just joining us, it's about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and Zara, say it. Pourable. If I had something, I would pour it in my glass, but I'm sober uh, just for the just for the afternoon. For the hour. <laughs> I'm go- I went sober this morning, and <laughs> we have a wine tasting at 7, so I'll worry about that. <laughs> so tell me, anyway, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we have some really exciting things I think we're talking about. <laughs> I know I'm talking about today. I'm not, I'm not going to talk, actually. I've decided I'm having a silent uh, meditation for myself, so I will just let it. Uh, leave it to you. Perfect. Let me be your spiritual guider. So anyway, I, I was... I think I need to mention something quickly. But yeah, yeah. Breton has gone platinum blonde. Oh, I just... Okay, so first of all, I want to tell you about my crazy day, because it only takes two seconds, but I dyed my hair plat like silver, platinum, like silver. storm from... Like, what's it? What, what was the... The X-Men? Yeah, the <laughs> I don't know how X-Men. I know that. Her color hair. Uh, anyway, I dyed that, and... It's crazy, and I woke up, I did that a couple days ago, and I just got it, like, trimmed and cut today, uh, and I just find myself, I'm a different personality. You're scaring yourself I'm a in different, the mirror. Yeah, I'm a different person. It feels really great. Um, I zoomed over, I went to, I had this really handsome barber today from Astor Place Barbers. It's this, like, You didn't go to Preston? Well, I, did, I just had him do the sides of the back. Mm, got to shape okay, up. Exactly. Shape up, ran over, Preston cut the top of the hair. I had it, like, down to a science. I went, I had dumplings. And then I got back oh, on the fine. train. And God, I love New York. What a day. Don't you, you really just... know? But you are a life liver. You know how to get it all in. Uh-huh. Some people are just paralyzed when they think with fear when they think about all the things you can accomplish in a day. Not me, but other you people. You know, I have, for example, yesterday, <laughs> I was like, yesterday I didn't do anything. I only went to the Bronx, came back, made meatballs, make a banana cake. <laughs> <laughs> how was the Bronx? I saw that on Instagram that you went up to Arthur Avenue. Okay, so exactly. Since we're talking about what we did this last week, I just, I don't know. It was... I sort of have been thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, well, of course, it's spring, right? I was like, time Allegedly. to get out more. It's, yeah. The calendar says it's spring, but. It's, you, one would never know, although the lilacs are in full bloom. Uh, I go to the Bronx, first time, in 13, almost 14 years of living in New York, and I thought, you know what, this is ridiculous. I'm always like, oh, but it's so far. I go, just. Yeah. I was like, you could also be sitting on the internet for an hour, and the good news is you can sit on the internet on the D train. That's true. And I did. I downloaded some episodes and watched them. There I was, suddenly on Arthur Avenue. Watching Cheers. Having, okay, everybody, I know maybe I'm late in the game. Have you ever had the mozzarella from Casa de la Mozzarella? Uh, no, I have not had the mozzarella from Casa okay. de la Mozzarella. So picture this. Tell us about it. <laughs> it's a rainy day and a Monday. Everything's closed. So, of course, we go to the Bronx in Little Italy when it's like, Monday, right. everything's closed. But there was a few good places open up, like Casa de la Mozzarella. It's this famous place. The guy and the grandfather apparently made mozzarella forever. We walk in. It's very, there's nobody, you know, nobody's out yesterday. It was mm-hmm. quiet. Great. And he just, uh, he's like, would you like a little bocconcino to start? <gasps> and I was like, yeah, uh, you know, kind of hesitant. And then yeah. I was like, well, wait, why would I? 
Yes, of Why course. Why would you deny a tiny mozzarella ball? And it was the freshest, <gasps> the most, the softest. You could see the tiny little strands just, and it was a knot. It looked like a knot of cloth. Oh. <laughs> and it melted into your mouth like you've never seen, like nothing, like any piece of cloth has ever melted in your mouth before. <laughs> cloth does usually melt in the mouth like <laughs> butter. So... Oh my god! I just had the best time. They That's had fun. there's the Adeo and Sons Bakery, which is kind of like the Caputo's. Mm-hmm. If for those of you who don't live in New York, there's the Brooklyn version, and then there's the Bronx kind of little Italy version. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff in Manhattan is kind of oh I don't know, but Parisi. Have you ever been to the, uh, to Parisi Bakery? Parisi is really good too. Mm-hmm. Those are probably like the top three of the city in my opinion. Anyway, they have a gorgeous sesame, you know, that classic mm-hmm. airy Italian loaf that you know yeah. is filled with bleach flour and totally. Nothing makes a better garlic bread. But it's so good. I'm sorry. I'm distracted. We're at Heritage Studios. We're looking at this server here at Roberta's who's very handsome but looks exactly like Raul Julia, the actor from the, who played, um, whatchamacallit, um, the guy in the Addams Family. Oh, I, I, I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a dead ringer. Oh, interesting fun fact about Raul Julia. One time during an interview, his eyeball fell out. Class. Oh, that's, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And he ate it just like a pug dog. That's right. Anyway, I'm sorry. I got Classic. very distracted. Um, that's amazing. I've never been up to the Arthur Ave. Maybe like one time, but I, I didn't really enjoy it. Ooh. Not like I didn't enjoy it because I didn't like it. I just didn't actually get the full experience. You know what? It, I have to say I'm going back. I've great. got great cheese. Everything is all the specialty Italian cheeses are half of what they are in Manhattan or Brooklyn. Really? Did like you have maybe any... like two, maybe, maybe like a third off. Hold on. You know. Did you have any pasta fazole? Uh, actually, I did. That's very funny. I was Whoa. like, I never ordered that, but I was like, I'm in Little Italy. I was like, I'm going to get pasta fagiole. Was it good? Fantastic. The escrow was delicious. We oh, got arancini man. with <gasps> marinara sauce. It was made with the mozzarella from Casa del Holy mozzarella. shit. Where'd you go? What place? Uh, I can't remember the name. We, the the Trotti, Trotti Na is kind of the hmm. famous one. If, if I'm pr- pronouncing that wrong, well, go and Google it and correct me. Uh, but we went to this little corner spot and we'd That's go. We were, everything was closed. All of our. And then the. This is it. Um, sorry. <laughs> what? So excited. Uh, <laughs> Randazzo's Seafood. Randazzo's? Isn't that that place uh, out, though, uh, in uh, out in Brooklyn? And like, I don't know, but this is the Bronx one, and yeah. I've never seen cleaner, more beautiful fish at a, a fraction, well, like a fraction of the price of a... Yum. They looked better than anything I've seen. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> that was an impromptu commercial. I don't know if the listeners heard yeah. that, but it scared well, the shit out of me. Whoops. Anyway. That and, and, Thanks, Matt. And Time- that's Breton. That's your cue to stop talking. <laughs> Zara, what about you? Well, you know what, Breton? I haven't really been home a lot. I haven't really been in a great mood. I've been Some weird things have been happening, so I haven't cooked a whole lot. But I'll tell you what I have been thinking about food-wise. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I was making a joke with somebody about clearly Canadian, and it made me start thinking about all of like the different clear things yeah, we in love the 1990s. Talking about, we love talking about clear things. And because... I, I was thinking that you and I should maybe start a push, maybe even a full-scale food business, to make everything clear, clear. from yeah. now on. Clear meatballs, clear bread, <laughs> clear cheese. We're going to be using a lot of jellyfish powder. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think? Clear pizza. Gelatin. Clear gelatin. Clear ice cream. Clear ice cream for sure. Clear milkshakes. Ooh, clear beer. Mm-hmm. Clear I guess beer. that's yeah, Zima. Yeah. That's Zima, exactly. Um, but anyway, so I've been thinking about clear things. Clear vodka. Clear oh vodka. My oh my god. Have you ever seen? Have you ever like seen that <laughs> Pinnacle stuff? They have like every single flavor of vodka. They have like cookie dough and like brain. 
dumpling vodka. No, but right when we said vodka, you remember like when you were used to be a smoker and you would watch a sm- smoking on a movie, like in a David Lynch film, and yeah. suddenly you're like, I need to have a cigarette. Yeah. I have to pour myself a drink right Please. now. So something clear. Go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> Nothing. Just clear food. I guess my only other really good food experience this week is um, I Bottle went gin. <laughs> I went out to Man's Walk. Uh, with the family for Mother's Day. Okay, so Montauk, again, for those of you living in uh, mm, Kazbekistan. Or and Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. Montauk is the end of Long Island. Of Long Island. Yeah. So when I was a kiddo, Montauk used to be this kind of, you know. Her accent's real, by the way. The, when it's I was authentic. a kid, I used to go to Montauk. And it was it was truly like, you know, after the Hamptons, it was a place where everyone from Long Island who's a normal person, not a rich person, would go and play mini golf and, you know, get soft serve ice cream. And the most famous person you'd ever see out there was Chevy salted, Chase. Salted fudge. Or, um, salty fudge. Salt, salt, uh, salt water taffy. Every fu- salty, fudgy taffy water. Um, it, every, all, all, the, all the fudge <laughs> clear, was clear. Clear taffy. <laughs> clear fudge. Chevy Chase. Uh, cor- clear corn on the cob. But um, So now it's very hoity-toity. But I went out there the other day, and there's still a great little seafood shack right before you get to Montauk, in between Amagansett and Montauk, called the Clam Bar. And it's one of those places that, you know, it's very – it's not touristy, but everyone hits it kind of. Um, and I was like, you know, I've been there a couple times and it's good and sometimes it's better, but we had the most delicious, delicious lobster rolls, perfectly crispy French fries, clam chowder. So that was really my eating experience of the week. Hmm. Wow. It was really good. Sounds great. You just did that? Yeah. On Saturday. Wow. You just. With Bobby. That's so crazy. Yeah. And I'm going back to Montauk again tomorrow. I'm thinking of moving. (laughs) I'm going to become a fisherman. I don't, I don't blame (laughs) you. Are you, do you drive out there? Uh, yes. Absolutely. You can take the Long Island Railroad, but I like to drive. And definitely, uh, you know, lobster, seafood is a big hit out in Montauk, which brings us. I was just about to say, what's your other favorite seafood? Well, I do love fluke. Mm -hmm. I love tuna. You know, I I love mussel scallops. I was paging through a book this morning, right? Mm, Part of it. uh, Part of it, exactly. And of course, I lost my place. So I was thinking one of my other favorite things about a shack Ooh, what kind of shack? Seafood shack is, and I only saw this because Cardi B posted on her Instagram for Mother's Day. Guess what she got? A crab. She got a case of crabs, like nine feet worth of uh, a, ta- oh, I saw a that. nine a table. foot table of crab legs. So, folks, today on Life's a Banquet, <laughs> the most enthused I've ever been. <laughs> we're talking about crabs. crabs. The crab episode. The crab episode. Crab on Whether it's patties, whether it's crab cakes, whether it's crab soup dumplings. What else is there? That's it. That's yeah, the only thing yeah. made with crab. Crab rolls. Spider crab. <laughs> Horseshoe crab is not technically, technically crabs. So Are you serious? That's My whole they, life is a lie. I know. It's like, not a crab? Yeah, I'm sorry. And Santa Claus is also, well, Santa a, Claus is real. Santa Claus is also a crab? So, crabs. Now, what exactly is a crab? Well, first of all, it's a crustacean it's a correct. giant spider that lives in the it's water it's a giant yeah it's a spider a water spider a water spider with yeah. an exoskeleton uh, which uh, in the case of our upcoming season of softshell crabs you can just eat the entire spider because yep. the exoskeleton has molted and they are now just naked crabs swimming <laughs> and we catch them and people like me skinny-dipping. dust them in flour fry them in a cast iron pan <laughs> put them on a bread and put them in a sandwich, and then green goo oozes out over mm. your into your mustache as you eat <laughs> this soft shell crab. So crabs are fabulous. You know, um, what, what do you? What's your what's your favorite 
Well, what, what, tell me something about crabs. Tell you something I mean, about crabs. You must have a crab. Well, <clears throat> when I was in the war, uh, back in Nam and so, World War so II, the restaurant. I got so the restaurant business. I got crabs. Um, just kidding. I've never had crabs. Call me. Um, no, no. I I, uh, I love crabs. I I think that one thing you might not know about me regarding crabs is that I'm a little bit afraid of breaking down a soft shell crab, which I, I fear almost nothing. I've skinned a pig's face. Call me. Um, but there's something about breaking down a soft shell crab. I'm going to stand scared over here. That makes me afraid because I have a fear of frogs. And to me, soft shell crabs look like frogs when they're like lying there. So after I get through about maybe crab number 100, I have to stop because it uh, makes me afraid. What they else? are, you know, I uh, years ago I was like, you know, I have to do this at some point, right, as a cook. And my friend Diane Kwan, who's Chinese-American, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, here. And she grabs the scissors, cuts off the face. Yeah, cut the face it's right off. It's very brutal. You, it and is it looks brutal. like it has little eyes and a nose. It and does. A, oh. it's, a, it's an animal. So you cut its face Just, off. You cut its face off with while the sharp it's alive. scissors. Correct. But then you batter it and fry it and put some <laughs> mayonnaise delicious. on it. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> put it in a salad. Crab Louie. <laughs> I would have thought. Bake it, fry it, top it on a Sunday. <laughs> uh, okay, so I was looking at a wonderful um, uh, a little passage I wanted to read Please. from this James Beard book, but I can't find it because I lost my, <laughs> oh. my bookmark, but I know exactly what it said. Please. Uh, he was talking about crabs. It's this book that I found on the street on a brownstone stoop. Yes, it's true. And he said in this little article, it's a collection of his his uh, weekly news columns, and he said crabs were some of his very favorite food. And he used to go to this crab house um, in Ocean City. Mm-hmm. In Ocean City, crab right? Crab capital of the world. Yep, Phillips Crab House. Apparently it seats like 1,200 people. What the hell? He tells the whole story. What the fuck? That's the biggest thing I've ever so heard. So like I start, because I'm looking for crab information, Good right? Good God. And he's, so in this James Beard story, he talks about the family and how the family only hires college kids. And every year, and I don't know if this is still true, because this was probably written back in the 60s or 70s, that uh, they would get 1,200 applicants for 250 waiter positions oh my god and they would have to and they were the cutest college girls and boys and then they would have a bunch of them cook in the kitchen and they didn't want to hire professionals because they wanted to train them exactly how they wanted them to cook wow and when you're doing deep fried kind of stuff yeah uh, as long as you train that particular technique it is kind of trainable yeah it kind of makes sense i think francis malman actually has like the same ethos about having cooks in his kitchen i've heard that he only hires people who like have no experience and then works with them for a couple of months or years or something and then then burns them alive. Then cuts exactly. their face off with a pair of scissors. Um, so just a couple more quick f- uh, crab factoids. Please. Fact crab toids. Uh, before I get to Zara's story. Uh, so You're going to yeah. read my story? So Yeah, I'm going to tell your story. <laughs> you said you were going to. It's a silent <laughs> retreat for you. So thank you. Thanks for the notes. Uh, so different kinds of crabs, right? There's soft shell crabs, as mm-hmm. I just mentioned. Probably the most common type of crab is the blue crab. That's what we see mostly in the United States. Hmm. And at some point or another in the in the history of this country, 75% of the blue crabs came from the Chesapeake Bay area, right? which is on the East Coast. The northern part of it touches Maryland, and the southern part of Chesapeake Bay, uh, Chesapeake Bay is in Virginia. Okay. Right? So it's kind of a two-state kind of a thing. Uh, they're very well known. It was, you know, it's very historic. Uh, tons of fishers are there. And in general now, most of the blue crabs that we're getting are male crabs because it's illegal in some states, not all, uh, to to consume the female crabs. Why? Obviously, they hatch. Me, they, me too. Yeah, me too. Like, 
<laughs> they get to have the babies and keep them there. Uh, no, but Sorry. and I just read that there are twice as many crabs this coming 2019 season, which is starting now, as there have been in seven years. So we, really, yep, we are on a very exciting. Uh, We've got crabs. Wow. Got crabs for you. Two crabs for one, two for one, three for one, four for a dollar. (laughs) Brown bag a dozen. The crab market is going up, up, up. Uh, So crabs. And there's all kinds of ways you can do crabs. I mean, you've got crab cakes, right? There's lump crab. You can buy, uh, there's flaky crab. They say that male crab meat is flakier, I think. And then the female, which by the way, did you know that female crabs are called Sally's or Sooks? No. And male crabs are called Jimmy's. Mm, I did not know that. Well, now you that do. is very interesting. Uh, so, and then female crab is a little bit. Um, what did I say? Denser. Better. Better. Yeah, it's just they're different. Smarter. Um, now, when you're identifying crabs, if you ever have a soft shell crab, you can take you flip it over after you cut off the face, mm-hmm. and then after you cut off the face, you can <laughs> cut off the vagina or the wiener, depending. Oh. And the, the male crab actually has a flap that opens up. Right. That looks like a large crab schlong. A, a crab schwanz. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Crab schwanz. Um, so whether you like female or male, well, it doesn't really matter. They're all delicious. And you wrote that down, didn't you? I just it came to me right now. <laughs> that sounds premeditated. And then that fine. you know what I was... The biggest question that we got from all of our listeners and readers this week, tons of emails, mm. uh, was, uh, Dear Life's a Banquet, what's Crab Louie? And Crab Louie is a salad, mm-hmm. right? And I actually had to look up exactly what was in it, because I'm like, oh, I forgot. So it's, it's kind like of a mayonnaise-y yeah, salad. Yeah, ma- you take a mayonnaise dressing, you put, they give, you put some red chili in it, yeah. some scallions, right? You Almost it, like a Russian dressing. Yeah, yeah, like a Russian dressing. And then you pour that over some iceberg lettuce, flakes of crab meat, and then hard-boiled egg asparagus tomato and tomato yep it's and one of my favorite things in the world people love it it's really good avocado 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 yeah, 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 of course i'm missing the uh, essential millennial ingredient crab louis is really good not to be confused with louis ck not yes and crab louis never masturbated in front of anyone and made them uncomfortable but he has had crabs but yes <laughs> oh. square is a triangle but a rectangle is not a square <laughs> exactly now so, oh, you ding dong oh. i want to hear like what did you what did you find out about crabs oh, well, this week? I researched a really amazing thing about crabs, but I'm going to take a quick break from our sponsors oh because they God. are paying us millions and millions of dollars. So. Oh, I missed four twenty hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so Warren Buffett, uh, what do you have to say for yourself? Going to quick commercial break. Bye. Today's program was brought to you by El Cortez, a colorful, bi-level restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. El Cortez sports a bar on each floor, a patio for drinking zombies in the moonlight, and the capacity for just under a couple hundred revelers. New York Magazine's Chris Crowley profiled El Cortez, saying its owners aren't trying to mine Mexican restaurants of any era, but just mesh together a bunch of things that they like. The menu focuses on what they call all three Mexicans, hot plate, gringo, and Mexican-Mexican. There's no fried chicken queso or chili con carne, but mission-style burritos, loaded all-American tacos, and a chimichanga. There's also a cheeseburger, because who cares? Cocktails lean heavily in the direction of tiki and the kind of low-brow drinks that caused the mixology revolution. Classic drinks your grandparents definitely drank, like the pina colada and rum punch, made with quality ingredients and a whole bunch of trial and error. Visit El Cortez at 17 Ingraham Street in Bushwick or online at elcortezbushwick.com. Okay. 
Oh, hi. <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry we were on lunch break. We're back. Uh, we were just nibbling on something. Which we were is, nib- eating something with crab. Uh-huh. I brought in something today. Now, I I love crab. First of all, my mom and I, when I was a little kid, my mom was a single mom, and we'd always go down to Boca Raton. My grandmother lived. Did surprising. You the, did you do, like, the newspaper, put in a bib, and... Newspaper. Oh, yes. We totally did that, for sure. There was a place down there where, like, my grandmother, like, who she hated it. She couldn't stand it because she was a very classy, Chanel-clad, you know, just wouldn't ever dream of touching a crab with her bare hands. Yeah. Like- but my mom and I used to get into it. But when we'd go down and visit her, um, my mom and I would, like, wade in the in the shallow part of the sea. And we'd pretend, by- we would pretend we were crabs. And then she was a mom crab and I was a baby crab. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that And then so somebody... Cute? And then somebody cut our faces off. (laughs) That's why today, here, mom, let me cut off your face, and then it ended there. And I then received the first face transplant for a seven-year-old back in the year 1910 when I was born. We're playing a little too rough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I love crab, and I had a. I was like, what should I do? I was going to maybe do the history of Old Bay, which is actually very interesting. Maybe Mm. we can talk about it another time. But Old Bay was actually brought to. to Maryland by a Jewish immigrant who escaped Nazi Germany with only his spice grinder. That's kind of where. No, it's a cool story, but that's kind of the most. That's as far as it goes. Um, (laughs) So I decided to talk about something else I love, which we are eating right now, which is crab, fake crab. I actually secretly love it. I used to have fake crab dip all the time when I was growing up. I have a soft spot for it. And fake crab plays a huge role in something we're eating right now. No pun intended. Well, mm, California yeah. roll. California roll. So, um, Is it really? Well, here, I'm about to find This out. is fake crab that we're eating. And so fake crab is actually called uh, surimi, which in Japanese means ground meat and refers to a paste made from any fish or meat. And sometimes they even make surimi out of pork. Oh. So Which I think is odd. Pork California roll. I think that I that's mean, probably, typically used yeah. for like pork, ba- like pork balls and stuff like okay, that. Okay. Um, it just has this a similar name. Exactly, but yeah, Got so it. it's available <laughs> in a lot of different shapes and sizes, and it's all ground down, and then it gets sprayed with food coloring at the last minute to uh, imitate the color of crab. It was brought to America in 1977. It came to San Francisco, and they called it crab sticks. Uh, it's mainly made out of pollock, and then it has like wheat and egg as fillers. And two to three million tons of fish from around the world, which is like two to three percent of the world's fishery supply, is actually dedicated to this surimi or crab with a K, which seems like a lot. Imitation. You know what? When I was on a diet, which is always, but when I, when I was my first teenage diets, mm-hmm. I would get those crab sticks because I read that they had high protein content. Mm. Mm. And they were kind of something you could just snack in. It's like a mm-hmm. cheese stick. Yeah. And I swear I got really thin. Yeah, I mean, this except is for the, good. Except for the wheat filler. But there is something, <laughs> there's something more socially acceptable about, it's weird, right? Like a California roll, you're kind of like, churro sushi snobs, like, oh my God, like mm-hmm. never, like give me the Connie, like I'll take the. Exactly. But. I haven't had a California roll, honestly, maybe in like 15 years before right now. I was at Habino earlier and I was like, oh, let me get a couple of California rolls to go. Like, I go there all the time. It's a delicious sushi place in Cobble Hill. I kind of felt like maybe they were judging me. But I was like, it's for a podcast. Well, I'm going to talk the, about they it. They have it on the menu. Exactly. So, anyway, um, a little bit about the California roll. This is actually a very interesting story. So, let's go all the way back to the 1950s. So, in the 50s, Americans had kind of 
prejudice, obviously, towards Japanese people post-World War II. Mm-hmm. And so anything mm-hmm. Japanese was no good because they were viewed as, quote-unquote, the enemy. Then you go to the 1960s. People are swinging around. They're trying new things. They're anti-maiming themselves up and yeah. down the street. What's that? So was, was that exotic? That's from the... I was going to say the Orient, but that's no longer acceptable. Yeah. But <laughs> that's what they were saying that's in the 60s. That's what they were saying, exactly. Um... We anyway. weren't alive, so we couldn't have been saying it. <laughs> exactly. Then we go to the 70s, um, and people are being told that it's important to try to eat more fish. That's when everyone's like, you know, a big brothers, no more beef, the health trend of the time. No beef, no chicken, more chicken fish. Chicken of the sea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. T- cans of tuna, tuna bags, tuna casserole. Exactly. And then also during the 1970s, Japan was uh, experiencing an economic boom, so there was a lot more people. From all their car companies, right? Interesting. I didn't, re- I guess you're probably right. There, well, there was a lot of that also. I mean, a lot of their company, a lot of their exports. Right. So they a lot had- more Japanese people are coming to North America and opening restaurants and doing stuff like that. So, a gentleman by the name of Heidi, uh, Hiruzaku uh, Tojo came to Vancouver from Osaka in 1971. And he got a two-year contract at a Japanese restaurant there. And he's, you know, he's making all this stuff. He's making teriyaki and he's making all kinds of uh, tempura and realizing that um, the people in Vancouver are not eating any of the sushi. And he starts talking to this woman who becomes regular, who's a flight attendant, uh, also, she's like half Japanese, but she's lived in Vancouver for a lot, like a long time. And he's like, why won't people here um, eat fish? And she's like, oh, well, that's because the fish, even though they're in Vancouver near like the most beautiful seafood. Yeah. The only fish that they really see is at like the supermarket, at, like the Safeway. So he goes to the supermarket and realizes that all the fish like smells terrible, looks terrible. And then, oh my God, and yeah. then it's like, that's why nobody wants to eat it. Cause they're not aware that like, you know, nice imported fresh fish can be eaten raw. Cause all they see is like smelly, disgusting fish. People have a problem with fish in this country. They do. But especially back then in, in Canada, Canadians, you're on blast. Clearly you're missing yeah. something. Well, they've, they've Canadians. come a long way. <laughs> um, so anyway, so he develops this recipe. And also another thing he was noticing about sushi is that everyone would peel off the seaweed you know, when you have like a regular maki oh roll. Oh my gosh. So like it's he, a wrapper. Exactly. They're, they didn't want to fuck with it. They're like, well, let me get rid of this trash. What is this weird green exactly. semi-transparent piece of uh, weird paper? Exactly. So he developed a roll where he cooked the crab and he put in a little bit of mayo, which I don't, I've never had a California roll with mayo before. I think I have. But apparently it's part of the original like that, recipe. Like that chopped, kind of, it's almost like a crab salad kind of a thing. I guess. So yeah, it was I've like mayo and fresh crab meat and avocado and cucumber. And he did the roll inside out so no one could peel off the seaweed. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he covered it in sesame. And then it was called a California roll. And there's, like, a couple of different stories, origin stories out there, like, who did it. But it wasn't called the California roll in his restaurant because he had never been to California at the time. And this is, yeah, this is, like, in the early 70s. So it should be called a Canadian, a Vancouver roll. Yes, exactly. He calls it something different. He calls it, anyway, I'll find it as I go down in my story. California does sound kind of... Well, he Catchy. said, it, the, as the legend goes, they called it um, a California roll because there was a lot of people traveling to Vancouver from Los Angeles, and those were mostly the people who were interested in the California roll. That would make sense. That would make sense. I know. So, anyway, this is what's been like noted as making sushi popular in America, in North America, and like this was the gateway drug to people accepting any kind of sushi, and if not for... Uh, the California roll, people generally wouldn't have been so like hyped on eating sushi at all. And we would never have Instagram food diaries. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, influencers, take note. You owe it all to this guy. 
Um, so now in America, uh, sushi is a, f- there's like 4,000 sushi restaurants in America, That's maybe a- give or take, obviously yeah, businesses are closing every day and opening. Um, and it grosses about $2 billion a year. Wow. I know. Isn't that amazing? And so in the, in the late seventies, 1977, when fake crab was brought to this country, they started making the California roll of fake crab meat. Well, I'm glad that they're, they're not using all of our crabs because there wouldn't be as many. I know. And so, I don't know. It's like an affordable option. And it's, you know, it's weird. It's crab. Yeah, exactly. It's like, a, it, it's just an interesting kind of like high-low story because sushi is such a beautiful, like lovely thing. And then in a way, like this had to be dumbed down for American palates, which is so typical of fucking Americans. Um, but at the same time, you know, you start baby steps, right? So mm-hmm. introducing something that eventually can lead to people appreciating better things. And now we, in this day and age, in 2019, we're eating nearly Raul Julia's eyeballs. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'll have the fish eyeball, please. Uh, careful for the marble in the middle. I don't like a fish eyeball. Nobody really. We always, we've talked about that before. It's, it's like, it's one of those things that like bro chefs are like, yeah, I'll do the eyeball. It's like, cool. Enjoy that. Um, I'll have the rest of, I'll have the rest of the nice fish. Yeah. You I'll can... have the gorgeous fillet close to the bones. <laughs> that's tender, sweet, and succulent. You eat those eyeballs. Anyway, that's my story of the origin of the California roll. God bless. Good luck and good night. Um, this guy has just been honored and, and recently, and I got most of my information from Wikipedia. And that's a fun yeah. thing. That's a fun recipe to to say that you developed too. Like it's crazy. Oh, you know, I played around and I that, yeah. That's ingenuity. Be like, all right, you got that's you know what? That's a true chef being like, you will eat the nori. Yeah, like, exactly. I will figure out a way. You know, it's like how parents try to disguise right, spinach. Right, the high spinach and brownies or whatever. Yeah, like Jessica Seinfeld's whole thing. the spinach and the dark chocolate. Never notice it. And then suddenly you'll be hooked and you'll love it and you'll get tons of iron. Uh, that is exactly. Uh, yeah, a fun story. So, Breton, what do you think we should talk about today on, on Chef Recommends? Well, Chef Recommends this week is I thought, since obviously I'm a professional home cook and cook otherwise, is how to incorporate crab into your into your daily life. Put it in your cereal. Yeah, Stir it, it your into cereal. your coffee. So the biggest turnoff for many people is for crab when you're cooking it at home is A, that it is, well, A, that it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It can it can get very expensive. Obviously, wait till it's in season. If you live near a coast or anywhere, actually, there's so many seafood importing companies right now and our grocery system is amazing in this mm-hmm. country that you can order stuff probably through your local fish person, through like one of your gourmet grocery stores or whatever kind of fabulous store you have. And just make it a special thing. This isn't something you have to have every day, right? It's no. A, it's a special thing. Um, you can't, let's say you, you know, gateway gateway into crab world is crab cakes, right? Yeah. Who doesn't have a crab? They're on bar menus. They're on fancy restaurants. They're they're kind yeah. of ubiquitous, right? Yeah. Baskin Robbins has that, that crab salad, cra- crab cake flavor. Crab cake flavor ice cream. <laughs> Love it. Crab cake was, oh my God, if you had the crab cake sorbet. <laughs> Uh, no, just kidding. Worst application. But crab cakes are basically, you can get lump that canned crab meat. Mm-hmm. You can get stuff in the refrigerator section. I think even Trader Joe's has yeah. a not so bad. They have a not so bad crab not meat. Not so bad crab cake. Um, yeah. And you can get that. And basically, you know, starting with a crab cake, it's pretty easy. You can crush up saltine crackers, breadcrumbs. You can chop some vegetables in it. It's pretty loose as to what you want to put in it. It really is. You just need to have breadcrumbs and egg. Totally. And if you are someone who maybe like doesn't, you know, if you're paleo, gluten-free, whatever, Atkins, uh, caveman. Yeah, whatever. If you're not eating uh, wheat or whatever, Janet. Janet, yeah. our friend Janet said the other day that she listens to podcasts all the time and everyone we make fun of, like, paleo, do this. Like, she's like, I'm that person. 
<laughs> she's every person we make fun of. Janet, we love you. Probably in ten years she'll come back around. I've I've gone through all my I've gone through phases myself. I've been vegan. I've been paleo. You don't even know me. Like I've I ha- I don't know you. I spent I guess. almost twenty years futzing with shit, and now I just that's crazy. So anyway, my I was gonna say if you are one of those people, um, you could use <laughs> something like potato starch in place of um, doing breadcrumbs. That's right. You're. Yeah. I guess if you have, you're right. There's so many other options. You, you can could use do, that as a binder. You could use cauliflower as a binder. Absolutely. Rice. Rice. Exactly. There's all kinds Dog of options. Food. But basically like the whole point is you want to get some crab cakes. You want to form it into a mixture, fry, you know, shallow pan fry mm-hmm. it. And that's it. And then there you go. Totally. Make some sauce. Get you can some put net. them in the freezer. Put them in the freezer. Keep them. Good idea. You can use almond flour. Hell yeah. Hell you can eat unless you're allergic yeah. to almonds. <laughs> okay, so that now let's say you want to take it to level two, uh, and that is getting some actual real crabs. Uh-huh. Uh, soft shell crabs for me are the easiest because you buy yeah. a crab and go ahead. We'll we'll try to post a video, but look, you can watch a YouTube video that you cut off the face and you basically and the penis and the wiener or the vag, mm-hmm. and then you dust it in flour and you fry it. Right, pretty easy. And then there's other complicated. Like you can get a whole Dungeness crab. Yeah, and I have never broken down a whole Dungeness crab. Yeah, uh, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's it's a system. Uh, I was reading the other day, speaking of Dungeness crabs, it's a system. that yeah, <laughs> Amelia, so there's this kind of crab that are called coconut crabs mm-hmm. because they live on like islands in the South Pacific and they are so strong that they break coconuts apart with their claws and like oh eat them. Gosh, They're giant. Yeah. And then it was saying that um, Amelia Earhart, there's a theory that she was actually marooned on an island and then killed and eaten alive by coconut crabs. I would believe that. Isn't that the fucking worst way you can imagine dying, being pinched to death by a bunch of crabs? Well, hopefully it was one big, hopefully it was like one big skull pinch. Also, how can you not get away from a crab? Are they that fast? They, have you ever seen crabs run? There's that, there's that no. migration of those crabs. I can't remember. What oh yeah, they do was. go fast. And there's millions of crabs. And once, like once all these tiny row hatch and all they, they become baby crabs. Yeah. It's it's insane. Yeah, they're murderous. That's why we should be eating them nonstop for the next two months. Totally. From Chesapeake Bay. Or like when you're watching a scary movie about like some wet child like comes out and crab walks like uh, on a backwards crab, crab walk. Crab biting your toes, pulling you under. It's Ugh. like a shark, but a crab. They're, you know what? Crabs have a dark side. Dude, crabs are next to goats the most evil creature. And not only that, but like if you get the venereal disease. Yeah. Just kidding. The STD. <laughs> is, is like crabs a real thing? They look like baby spider. They are like, they're not actually a crab. Let me ask you a question, though, Breton. Yeah, yeah. If you have a bunch of crabs crawling around on your crotch, why would you ever think of, like, sleeping with some? Wouldn't you be like, this is a problem. Clearly, my crotch is teeming with tiny or large crabs. Well, the thing is, I think they don't think that. I think you were, most of the time, you're in denial. You're in denial mm-hmm. about, t- don't, wouldn't you see them? Like, tons of crabs, like, roaming they're around? They're not. No, they're tiny. Oh, so they're, like, microscopic And crabs. they burrow inside of your, of the part of your hair and see this is a crab crab cast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the crab uh, yeah. cast delicious so then after that i'd like to butter my crabs um okay well i, I think crab it. cakes is a good is a good tip they're easy to make it's a fun, if you're not really like a super established home cook or you are really fun thing sometimes i'll do stuff at home with crab cakes like i'll throw dun, 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 peas that's them. right zara loves her peas yo that, i fucking love you peas. know what they have good protein content they're great they Lots pop of in fiber, your mouth they pop in your mouth and they have wonderful green flavor they're cute and they're cheap yes sorry that's the magic word they're for me. mad cheap and cute so the next episode maybe we should do a pea episode. a pea episode, yes okay cheap and so now in this 
Uh, and now this time we're, but, but I can't talk right Top now. Top three. Are you, you have a, <laughs> crab got your tongue? Crab got my tongue, kids. <laughs> Should we do our top three, Breton? Top three. Let's do, okay, let's just say, let's just be realistic. What are our top three ways to have crab, to eat crab or your favorite crab recipes? Sure. And this can be something you've had at a restaurant or something you've cooked yourself. Great. And Zara, go. Okay. So I really love crab in all different kinds of forms. I think my number three favorite way to have crab is like with pasta. So a delicious kind of fresh pasta. Oh, yeah. Either a ravioli that's like filled with crab (sighs) or a a gorgeous like tagliatelle with crab and corn. Remember I made a crab lasagna? You did make a crab lasagna. It was so good. It was like a creamy sauce with crab and corn and some like peppers, lots of fresh dill. That was delicious. I remember I left it in your freezer. What kind of crab meat did you use? Just lump crab meat. Lump crab meat, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a little, little honestly goes a long way. So uh, pasta with crab. Um, I think number two would be a crab soup dumpling. I Mm. love a crab soup dumpling. Really fabulous. And number one would be a fried soft shell crab. Fried soft-shell soft crabs crab. sandwich. Stay tuned for my tongue twister book. Fried soft-shell crab sandwich. Yes, that is really good. With like an Old Bay mayo, something really basic and seemingly simple, but I think that's the kind of best. Okay, well, I also, I'm just going to say my number one was going to be a soft-shell crab, but I've already said it four times yeah. in the pick last a, pick hour. Pick another one. So there's another preparation. Okay. So my third, my number three favorite thing is, and probably would have to be crab bisque. Oh, similar yes. to lobster bisque, fabulous. But right, you get a good crab bisque, mm. and it's just like. But I think the flavor is better than lobster. I would take a bath in a crab bisque. Yes, and, and a shower. You put some oyster crackers in there. Yeah, little chives, maybe a little, spl- little like a little drizzle of some olive oil swirled around. Maybe totally. there's a, maybe there's a dollop of creme fraiche. Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. I don't make up the rules. <laughs> Laid wow. with heavy cream, and you have that soup spoon and a nice shallow bowl, a nice charger underneath. A drizzle of clearly, sherry. Clearly, I'm like in. I'm at the <laughs> plaza right now. I'm like, or you have it on the side of the road in a styrofoam cup. Also good. Also delicious yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, you got it. Uh, number two. Now, I love crab cakes, and my number two favorite thing of crab is this crab cake that I used to have in Chicago at a restaurant that I worked with. Her name was Priscilla Satkoff, was the chef. She lives in Mexico now. I think I've mentioned her before. Mm-hmm. She used to have a restaurant called Salpicon, and she would do diced tomatillo, diced celery, mm. uh, panko breadcrumbs in the mixture, and then... So it was a it was a Mexican sort of ish yeah. inspired style crab cake. Sounds good. Big big lumps of crab, and then she would top it with spiralized fried sh- uh, beets and leeks. <gasps> How fabulous! Right, oh, and so yum. it was like crunchy with, and then she'd do this like yum. creamy tomatillo remoulade instead of like a you know instead of a tartar mm-hmm. sauce. Oh my god, that was such a great. That, that sounds great so dish. good. And I've I have the recipe. There's, well, here's the what recipe. are you waiting for? <laughs> The crab, the lump crab meat. It's 20 bucks a pound. With and finally, since I have to figure out my new number one, you know what? My number one, you know what? I have to say this. I just love a good, like a, a, a crab leg, a snow crab leg, right? Oh yes. You get a, a snow crab leg. You can get them frozen and you pop them in the oven, right? Or you can steam them. Mm-hmm. It's actually, they're very easy to cook. Very easy. And you just cook them and then you crack open the shell with your, nutcracker your crab claw cracker and then you take your drawn butter just like just like lobster yep right and you just and but they pull out if you get a real nice big long slender tender juicy divine supple supple red red (laughs) 
bulging. <laughs> How many more? <laughs> veiny. Yes, veiny. <laughs> uh, whatever type of crabs. Penis. <laughs> Penises. Crabs. Piece of crab meat. You dip that in the butter. Yes. Man, it goes down. Slides right down. But it is <laughs> it really, honestly, I'm simplicity. Just, I'm picturing you. Sometimes Breton does a funny thing where he pretends to eat like a goose and he throws his head back and makes like, oh a goose Oh my God, I haven't impression. done that in so long. I'm just picturing you eating like crab like a goose. A, if you, did you ever watch a duck being force fed so it could be, have a foie gras <laughs> liver in Canada? Well, I have. No, but if you go to a, a lake, right, you watch these, these ducks oh. grab or geese and they grab a whole fish and then they lift up their head point their beak in the air and they like yeah. they like <laughs> jiggle that fish whole down like a, a herring right or yeah smelt or something yeah so i so, i grew up in a town called northport and yeah, down the right. street from where i grew up there was a beach called crab meadow beach and mm-hmm. i smoked my first joint there i tripped out on mushrooms for the first time there my which mom, are now legal in denver i have had sex there which is now and, illegal in which the is, country of brunei if you're gay <laughs> It was straight sex, but that being said, it Perfect. could still be illegal somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I had my mom, I think, got had her wedding ceremony down there, or I don't know, a second so, wedding. Yeah. Uh, but it was always, it was called Crab on a Beach because it's always littered with horseshoe crabs, which are the soldier of the crab community. If you've ever, never seen a, a horseshoe crab, they are, they're prehistoric. Yes. They look like dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. They're harmless. They have a giant swinging. It looks like a spiky tail. They come with a sword. That's sword. Yeah. But they can't hurt you. Interesting. I mean, they could if they really wanted to, but they're gentle. They're like yeah, and gerbils. You would be in the water and like waiting in the Long Island, in the gorgeous Long Island sound. The water was crystal clear, except yeah. it was full of muddy Full of shit. muddy prehistoric dinosaur-like <laughs> crabs. But you would be like kind of, you would never want to put your feet down. Even when you're only in like six inches of water, you would kind of immediately just try to float because if you touch the bottom, like there's a very good chance that you were going to be standing on a horseshoe crab, which would which is the most terrifying thing that can happen to a person. Yeah. Being blindsided by a horseshoe, horseshoe crab, crab on your tiny little child's foot. Oh, Terrible. My God. Well, it's been, <laughs> we're ending at a real nice good note here about crabs. <sighs> Everybody, crab Listen, walk go get away. yourself some boo crabs. Uh, pay attention to our upcoming soft shell crab season. It can come and go uh, yes. as fast as the summer can. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I want to give one quick tip about soft shell crabs. If you are going to buy them, make sure that when you buy them that they're still alive. You don't want to eat a dead soft shell crab. I mean, of course, it's going to be dead once you cut off its face and genitals, but you don't want to buy it dead. They say you can give it a little poke and then you'll mm -hmm. see some water bubbles coming out of a thing and that means it's still alive. Exactly. And you should cook it immediately. Immediately. And honestly, if you're not going to cook it immediately, you should freeze it. Yeah. It'll just slowly die by... Or you can put it in a tank and keep it as a pet. That's true. This well, has been riveting. Yeah, I'm, I'm itchy. I'm itchy. Only in my crotch area. Oh, good. Well, then it's just the crabs, but <laughs> not the kind that we talked about today. So, blue <sighs> crab, crab cakes, get your crab on, everybody, and send us an email at life's a banquet show at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, and you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, I think, Hell right? Hell yes. We on Spotify. So, give us, some, give us some crab love and tell us what you're going to make this week. Yeah, please do. Okay. Hasta la crab pasta. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter 
at Heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at Facebook.com Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family and become a member. Thanks for listening.